0: Happy Monday, Liberty Kitty Cats. And before we get into today's killer interview with the great John Lee Dumas, you're going to learn a lot from him. There's someone else I want to tell you about that you can also learn a lot from when it comes to promoting yourself, promoting your business. That is my friend, Jason Stapleton. I first got to know Jason Stapleton through Podcasters Paradise, which you're going to hear about a little bit later when I talked to John Lee Dumas. Uh, and I later got to know him when he moved out here in Los Angeles. And I can say, you know, Jason does put on a bit of a show a bit of a persona uh, on his program, but he is a really, really good guy. And he really knows what he's talking about, especially when it comes to, as he calls it, mastering the art of shameless self-promotion. So this is a seminar that he's putting on. It is actually going to be tomorrow. This is your last chance to sign up today on May 18th. This is going to be taking place. So I-, I want you to go over to stapletonagency.com Liberty. That is our dedicated link. And what's great about that is not only do you get to go and check out this event that he's putting on, but you also get to help your favorite podcast, Lions Liberty. At the same time, we do get a kickback for anybody who signs up through that link. Uh, Jason is, of course, an expert at helping entrepreneurs, podcasters, and business professionals stand out in an increasingly overhyped and hyper-connected world. I know for me, for a long time, I suffered from imposter syndrome. Uh, I still do to an extent, and it can be hard to really get out there and promote yourself and promote yourself shamelessly. So that is what Jason Stapleton is going to help you do. Head over right now to stapletonagency.com slash liberty. We need to empower people with not just the philosophical tools, but the inspiration to break free from the system.
1: Welcome to the flagship Lions of Liberty podcast, your weekly dose of education, inspiration, and real-world application from the top minds of the liberty movement.
0: If you want the liberty, we need to be better leaders Better fathers, better friends, better businessmen. You need to be better people. Here's your host,
1: your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Clair. All right, kitty cats. My guest today is the founder and host of the wildly successful and award-winning podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire, of which he has hosted and produced over. 3,000. That that is correct. 3,000 episodes. He is also the author of the recently released book, The Common Path to Uncommon Success, A Roadmap to Financial Freedom and Fulfillment. I'm absolutely thrilled to welcome in the great John Lee Dumas. John, are you ready to roar?
2: I am prepared to ignite.
1: (laughs) I had a feeling you would be. Uh, Now, John, I can personally say I've derived massive value uh, from not just your show, EO Fire, over the years, but more specifically through your community, Podcasters Paradise. Tom Woods has been in there. It's where I first connected to uh, Jason Stapleton. And uh, we'll talk more about that in in a bit. But first, I want to learn a little bit more about yourself and what actually led you down this path to becoming an entrepreneur. I know you bounced around a number of different careers after you got out of the army. And uh, what was it that was really missing in your life? What were you looking for that, co- that sent you to pursue uh, this less common path of becoming an entrepreneur and eventually launching EO Fire?
2: I was looking to wake up every morning and just be excited about what I wanted to do. And that was missing. And that was missing for six years. I call it my six years of struggle. When I tried a bunch of different things, law school, corporate finance, commercial real estate, Nothing was clicking for me. Nothing was working for me. And I just said, you know what? I just need to start surrounding myself with inspiring people, with successful people. Just like you kind of mentioned in Podcasts is Paradise, like you were able to surround yourself with inspiring and successful people and that made it all worthwhile. That's what I needed. That's what I was missing was surrounding myself, but with these inspiring, successful and just amazing individuals. So. I decided, hey, what better way to do that than start interviewing the world's most successful entrepreneurs? And why not do it seven days a week? And that was back in 2012. Now you and I are talking 3,000 episodes later, 100 million listens later, over a million listens every single month. And we just crossed our 91st month in a row of over $100,000 of net profit per month.
1: Absolutely incredible. And then when you first started to pursue this, did you have the vision of bringing it to where it is now? I mean, did you really see yourself uh, becoming essentially the, the leader or one of the biggest leaders anyway, in this business podcasting space? Or was it really more just focused on that base level of what you're talking about of just wanting to surround yourself with these people and using that podcast as a method to do so? Was the success more of kind of an accidental result of all of surrounding yourself with those people? Or was it kind of part of the vision from the beginning?
2: It was surrounding myself with the right people and knowing that I'm the average of the five people that I spend the most time with. Like I, I really believed in that quote. I really believed in that phrase, and I just knew with finality that if I could talk and speak and communicate and engage with the right people in my life in my world, that I was going to learn from them. That I was going to be educated by them. I was going to be inspired and motivated by them. And if I could do that on a daily basis, like. I was going to be off to the races. So that was just something that to me was some was a really grand opportunity of having a platform called the Podcast where I now have a show where I can bring other people on and have them talk about their genius and then me learn from them by asking the questions that I was always having. And it started off with just like, hey, will anybody talk to me? And then once you kind of get that momentum going, now we are sitting here where we get four hundred inquiries per month of people asking, to be guests on entrepreneurs on fire and that's on a month over month basis. So it has uh been quite the journey.
1: Yeah, that, that's how you know when you're when you're doing pretty well, when you're getting the requests to come on to interviews. I remember in the in you know in the beginning for people to come on my show, I was just stretching. I was like, who's gonna want to come on my show? And then there was a certain point down the road where I started to get those inquiries. And now, you know, it's more than we can even keep up with. So that, that's definitely a, a big sign there. And I know there's a lot of people listening out here that you know they love this this idea of this lifestyle, the idea of working for yourself, of uh, maybe kicking back on the beach in, in Puerto Rico or what have you. And they might be thinking to themselves, I should be an entrepreneur. Uh, Do you think that what you're doing, this path that you pursued, not necessarily the podcast per se, but just the idea of being an entrepreneur, of pursuing this path, is this path really something anybody can do or anybody should do?
2: No, not everybody should be an entrepreneur. That's just a reality. It's a hard road. It's a difficult road. It's a scary road. It's a unique road. And there are people who are just cut out for it. There are people who are born to be entrepreneurs. There are people that, by the way, grow into being entrepreneurs because I wasn't born an entrepreneur. I grew into being an entrepreneur, but it's not for everybody. I mean, this world needs a variety of people. And these people that love what they're doing in corporate America, love what they're doing in the service space, love what they're doing in the art space, whatever it might be. And then there's people that just need to be entrepreneurs and there's just need to be businessmen and business women. And it's not for everybody because it is a tricky road and it is a road that It's going to cause a lot of doubt and a lot of fear and a lot of struggle and a lot of failure. But there's people that will thrive on that. And there's people that will never be able to make that happen because it's just not in their comfort zone.
1: I guess that's where the value of of your book comes in, because in order to figure out if you want to be an entrepreneur, if you really want to be, because you might want to be in your mind, and then you might actually do it and realize, well, this isn't quite for me. So I, I guess I mean in your in your book you break down basically seventeen different steps uh, to to building this uncommon path, uncommon in the sense that not everybody does it, but you found the commonalities through these years, through these over three thousand interviews, the common uh, you know common traits, common qualities, common steps that people take to get there. How many of these steps do you think? that someone should have to take before they might realize that this is or isn't for them? Are they going to get all the way to step 17 before they really start to figure this out? Or might you be able to start to get a, get a sense of if this is right for you around, I don't know, step two, three, four?
2: That is one thing that I do believe this book will do for you. It will show you if you have what it takes to be an entrepreneur. And that's a good thing. I think in three to six months of reading this book, and applying its principles, you will know whether being an entrepreneur is for you or not. I think you got to give yourself at least a step 10, chapter 10 in the book to really make that decision. You don't have to go all the way to chapter 17. But chapter 10, you'll really be able to know by that point, hey, is this entrepreneur entrepreneurial journey for me? Is entrepreneurship something that I actually still want to do? And this book will show you the answer to that question quick.
1: Are there points in this journey where you've said, well, I don't know, maybe I should just go back and work in real estate. Maybe I should just go back to the army.
2: Never. That has never happened to me. (laughs) Not once, not for a second. And in fact, if for whatever reason, I could no longer be an entrepreneur, I would just stop working.
0: (laughs) That would be it, huh? That's it. It's over. All right, guys. Well, luckily, I don't think John Lee Dumas is going to be quitting anytime soon, but I need to take a quick break right now to tell you about a couple other guys who are definitely not quitting anytime soon because they do this thing five days a week. And I got to be honest, I don't listen to that many other podcasts, especially that many other libertarian podcasts nowadays, because there's just not enough time in the world. But I make a point. I'm not going to say I listen five days a week, because that's hard, and I don't want to lie to you, but I make a point to listen to Nate and Charlie, my friends over at Good Morning Liberty, at least a couple days a week. Uh, These guys are always on top of the latest news, uh, filtering everything through the ideas of liberty, and they communicate things in a really palatable way, a way that you could could send your grandma over, and they won't be offended. You don't want to send them to Brian on Wednesday, that's for sure, but you can send them to my friends Nate and Charlie of Good Morning Liberty. You can find them on your favorite podcatchers, or you can check out their website, burn journeylies.com. You gotta love it.
1: I'm curious, Johnny, you have so much going on. Um, not like I said, you don't just have EO fire, which you still do seven days a week, which is just you know mind blowing to me. You also run podcasters paradise. You've got the book. You have a lot of different offshoots of this business. When it comes to kind of keeping all this in your headspace, everything that you've got doing, what's the most important tactic or most important tool that you've used to ensure kind of a, a sufficient focus on each of these different projects that you have going at any given time?
2: So one thing that's really important is to have a mentor and to be part of a mastermind. When you have a mentor, you have somebody who's going to be able to continue to keep you on pace, keep you focused, keep you working for that next thing, get you out of your comfort zone, which is where all the magic happens. And then with a mastermind, you're going to have people that you know, like, trust and respect who are going to hold you accountable. They're going to actually make sure that you are accomplishing things you should be accomplishing. They're going to be doing a lot of very important things to make sure that you are continuing to do good things in this world for your business, for your life. And so having those two things, those two focuses, a a mentor who's always going to be pushing you to the next level, and then a mastermind that's always going to be holding you accountable and making sure that you have the support and guidance you need. Those are two things that are very critical for any entrepreneur at any point in their journey.
1: I know one thing a lot of people out there are thinking, they might think, "I, I have this great idea. I have something I'm passionate about. I have something I want to share the world and and pursue, but you know, I hear all these things that you're, that you're mentioning out here, like, like masterminds, getting a mentor and the, the certain, some people might hear these things and just think, well, that's another $5,000. That's another $5,000 here. Uh, I don't have the money. I don't have to have the time to put into all this. What do you say some, to someone that, um, that really wants to pursue something or they have an idea in their mind, but they, they see a lot of the things that you're mentioning out there. They see them as obstacles. They see them as things that, well, I just can't afford that right now. Uh, maybe in a year or two, maybe in two or three years, I'll have the money for that. What would you say to that kind of person who is held back by their fears of just, you know, thinking they need to put a lot into this financially and not being in the right place to do so.
2: I'd say you might be that person who's just not cut out to be an entrepreneur. I mean, the person that really wants to become an entrepreneur, you are going to find the hustle. You're going to find the finances. You're not going to be going out to dinners. You're not going to be buying fancy things. You're not going to be taking vacations. I put all those things on hold. And I said all of my revenue that I am going to be investing in myself in is going to be on things that are going to make my business better. It's going to make entrepreneurs on fire better. And I had to commit to that. And that wasn't forever. That was for a season. I'm now in the fourth season of my business. That was the first season of my business that I had to commit to. And if you're not willing to commit to that, if you're not willing to put in the side hustle to you know, still be working at the day job to pay the bills and then to put all the ex- excess money you have into an investing in yourself into whatever that looks like, then, you know, it's just maybe not going to be something that you need to continue to do. Or maybe something, maybe it's just not something that you're meant to be doing. And that's okay. Cause not again, everybody's meant to be an entrepreneur.
1: I want to dive in just a little bit to some of the concepts that you touch on, some of the steps you, you touch on in this book. And uh, one of them that re- really struck me when I was first becoming a podcaster, because it, it was kind of counterintuitive to how I originally thought of things. I thought, all right, I'm going to do these interviews and I'm going to make them as accessible as possible to everybody. I want anybody to be able to find these and just kind of listen from step one. And what I realized that I, what, one real thing that I learned from my time in podcasters paradise, which, I, which I'm still a member and an active part of is, is this idea that you push forward in the book of niching down. You actually say in the book, niching down so hard until it hurts and then mm-hmm. niching down even farther. So why, why, why is that? Why do we have to niche down so much to achieve success? Why is that such a common thing that those have, that have achieved success as you have have done as opposed to trying to reach uh, the broadest audience possible, which might seem like what you want to do at first. If you want to be successful, of course, you want to reach as many people as possible
2: when you try to reach as many people as possible, when you try to resonate with as many people as possible, you resonate with nobody. Nobody cares because why would they? They don't need a pale, weak imitation of somebody else. They need the best version of you. Unfortunately, that's what everybody does. They're like, oh, look at who X, Y, and Z is doing. Let me just go and be a pale, weak imitation of those people. Let me just copy what they're doing. And you know, maybe i will have success like they're having success. Not going to happen in a million years because people do not want a pale, weak imitation of others. So you need to say, what is the number one Solution that I can provide to a real problem in this world? What's a real problem? Like, what is an actual problem in this world that people are having that I can provide the best solution to? And to do that, you're going to have to niche down because all the vague, broad things are taken up by Amazon, by McDonald's, by Chipotle, by Nike, by fill in the blank you need to come up with something that is not being solved. You need to identify a niche that is not being filled. You need to identify an opportunity that is not being properly served. Then you need to become the best solution to that real problem that's where you niche
1: what have you ever run into a, a point where you just feel like you've niched down like wh- how, how did you continue niching from where you were because you had already kind of niched yourself into this idea of a a business podcast uh, you know and when you research this they, as you detail in the book there were other business podcasts out there but you had to continue to niche and niche and niche so what was that sort of final level of niche I guess that that you found that was that enabled you to achieve this the success that you've had with the Fire?
2: So the first step is, what is my big idea? What is the big idea that I have in this world? And my big idea was a podcast. I'm like, I love this medium. I get podcasting. It is free. It is on demand. It is targeted content. I get it. I get it. Okay, now let's niche down from this big idea. Let's niche down into a concept. Well, I want to do a business podcast. Well, okay, there's thousands of business, or at least hundreds of business podcasts. This is back in 2012. I don't want to be one of hundreds. So let me niche down again into business podcasts that interview entrepreneurs. Well, back in 2012, there were 7 business podcasts that interviewed entrepreneurs. And I said, well, I don't want to be the 8th best podcast that interviews entrepreneurs. So I niched down another time, a 4th time into becoming the only daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs. That was what was missing. They were all once a week. I wanted to become different. I wanted to be unique. I wanted to become the best solution to a real problem. And there was a real problem just doing one episode per week because that was four episodes per month. That was 50 per year. People wanted more content than that. And I knew that I could provide that more content by doing a daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs. So I I niched down a fourth time and became the day that I launched the best daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs. I was also the worst daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs. I was the only daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs. And that's why I won.
1: You you niched down so hard that you were the only one that was there. If someone wanted to go out and actually listen to a podcast every single day, because that's something you talk about. And this kind of ties into this concept I want to discuss a little bit. Maybe you can tell me a little bit about Jimmy. Uh, who who you talk about in the book, uh, Jimmy, your avatar that you created, because that, that ties in right into why you created this podcast seven days a week, because that was essentially you. You were someone who wanted to listen to a podcast seven days a week.
2: So after you've identified your niche, which I did, being the first daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs, I said, okay, well, who's my avatar? Who's the perfect listener? of my podcast. And I sat down and I wrote 500 words of who Jimmy was so I could actually have a North Star. So I could actually have the answer to every single fork in the road that I was going to have. And that was Jimmy. You know, I can talk about Jimmy for hours. I know him better than I know myself. It seems at times. Mm-hmm. You know, Jimmy's forty years old. He has a wife and two kids, ages three and five. He drives to work by himself every single day. It's a forty-five minute, commu- uh, forty-five minute commute to work. He sits in a cubicle at a job he doesn't like, and then he drives home, and then he hangs out with his kids, hangs out with his wife, puts his kids to bed, and then he wonders why he spends all of his time doing things he doesn't enjoy doing, like spending time at his crappy job and commuting to work to and from. Like. I know my avatar inside and out. And so every single time I come to a fork in the road or I have a decision to make, I just say, WWJD, like, what would Jimmy do? And like that guides me. And that's what a lot of people just never have is that North Star. So it starts with you identifying your avatar.
1: I want to dig a little bit more into just how you created this specific avatar because like Jimmy, as you described him in the book, certainly has elements of what you, where you were at in your life at that time, but he's not the exact same person you were in your life because uh, you didn't have kids. Uh, you weren't 40 years old. Uh, Jimmy is not you. So what else, where did you kind of get the information to figure out who Jimmy was? How did you create Jimmy uh, besides just taking the certain elements of, of Jimmy from your own life?
2: I just knew that the perfect listener of my podcast was going to have kids, was going to have a crappy job, was going to have a crappy commute because they needed more. They wanted more. They wanted the information that my podcast was going to be giving to them. And it just came to me, you know, by reading the right books and listening to the right podcasts and learning from other people who have come before me on like what makes. The perfect consumer of your content. What makes the perfect client? What makes the perfect customer for your product or your service? And I do the exact same thing in the podcasting world. And of course, Jimmy, you know, can in your avatar can evolve over time as things change, and that's totally fine. But you have to have that north star.
1: One thing you you know, I got to mention: you have interviewed over three thousand people over these last you know seven, eight plus years here. And you have developed this book based on the commonalities that you found from their successes. Uh, so I'm curious what are some of the most common challenges that you hear that these guests have overcome uh, just on on the way to that success? because people seem to think it's just kind of a smooth road for everybody out there. but I, I think what a lot of people need to realize when they go on this entrepreneurial journey journey is there are going to be roadblocks, there are going to be challenges. In fact, it wouldn't even be as nearly as fulfilling a journey if you didn't have those roadblocks and challenges along the way. You wouldn't get to where you are. So what are some of those most common roadblocks that your own guests that you've interviewed have overcome?
2: So one of the biggest ones is they've had to overcome being productive. Most people are not productive. They're busy. When you're productive, you learn how to produce the right contents. That is a key distinguisher that most successful entrepreneurs have overcome. Number two, they've overcome the ability of being undisciplined, like their lack of discipline. Like, you need to be waking up every single morning with a plan of action that you are a disciple to executing upon. And most people don't start that way, they have to overcome that deficiency. And the third thing is focus. So few people focus. They need to overcome their ability, their inability to focus. Because if you are following one course until success, you actually have a chance to do something special in this world. But if you're just chasing the bright, shiny object syndrome, which most people are doing, you don't have a chance in the world. When you go one mile wide and one in in uh, one inch deep, you have no chance. But when you go one inch wide and one mile deep and become the best solution to a real problem you have a chance in this world. So productivity, discipline, focus, those are three things that successful entrepreneurs have overcome to achieve.
1: What would you tell someone, I'm sure you, you run into people like this, that you know, when when you went in and dove into this project and starting EO Fire, you went all in. I mean, you quit your job. You put 100% of your life into this. Uh, there are a lot of people who uh, have maybe maybe stepped their foot into the waters of, of becoming an entrepreneur, maybe achieved some modicum of success, but they're held back by the fact that they didn't just, you know, quit their entire job, quit their entire life. Uh, and they're still trying to kind of manage that balance. So what would you say to someone who, maybe they have a successful career but they would love to just leave that career behind and dive into what is and kind of put, put everything they have into their mildly successful entrepreneurship how do you how can people get over that hump that idea of really pulling it all away and really leaving the rest behind leaving the the old times behind and just forging ahead with the new with the entrepreneurial venture because i know that for a lot of people out there it can be hard to sort of pull that that final trick
2: well the reason why you're only being mildly successful is because you haven't done the following. You haven't become the best solution to a real problem. You become the second best solution or the 10th best solution or some solution to some problem. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about the second best solution or the 10th best solution. People will beat a path to the door of the number one solution to their problem, and they will ignore the second best solution all the way through to infinity. So when you are ready to commit to becoming the best solution to a real problem, you got a you've got a chance. You've got a prayer, John.
1: One more question. Um, I I know, like you have been through a lot of ups and downs. I'm sure through this entrepreneurial journey as as any everybody has, but is there a specific lesson that you can point to, some actual failure failure that you had along the way, uh maybe a certain you know a certain direction you wanted to take or a certain project you wanted to launch. And how have you learned from that failure?
2: Every failure I've had, and I've had a I've had a bunch has come from me not forcing people to vote with their wallets. You'll have people all day, every day, just being like, Oh no, that's a great idea. You should definitely do that. Like you should definitely create that course or that product or that service or that mastermind or that coaching community, whatever that might be. But guess what? People will only vote with their wallets when it's real, when it's painful, when it's an obstacle, when it's a challenge. And then if you just listen to them, you're like, oh yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. Guess what? When it comes time that you just sat down and created that thing for them, they'll be like, oh, well, not for me. Like That wasn't something that I was going to spend money on. That's sinking so many people's ships. You need to have people vote with their wallets. Because until you have a problem that is so strong that people actually pay for a solution for that's the only time you should be going all in. So every single time that I've gone all in on things has been when people have paid first for their wallet through deposits, through you know discounts, but always upfront before I create that thing. Whether that be Podcasters Paradise or my Kickstarter campaigns with crowdfunding, with the Freedom Journal, the Mastery Journal, everything that I've done has always been having people vote with their wallets. Because until they vote with their wallets, it's not real.
1: And I I can say from the other end of things, I mean, when you put money into something, if you're giving everything away for free, people are going to see it for what it is. Uh, But when you actually do charge for a product, then the value is actually understood a little bit more. I mean, one of the biggest decisions in my own journey was deciding to pay for Podcasters Paradise. Mm. And I don't even think you offer this anymore. But at the time I did it, it was a lifetime membership. And I just kind of said, you know what? I, I'm this is for the long haul. I'm not going anywhere. I, I'm planning to start podcasting to start podcasting to be a podcaster. So, this seems like an amazing investment for to, if I can get a lifetime offer. Uh, so, I joined in at that point. And, like I kind of touched on at the beginning of the show, just that community has been so incredible. I mean, even, you know, besides getting to interact with you in there, just getting to interact with hundreds of other people who are on that same journey and who saw that same value. I mean, there might be more value in that aspect of it than even in the amazing courses and everything else that you provide, all the information you provide, because you can get information. Ultimately, you can get information anywhere, uh, but a community and what makes up that community. I mean, that, that's something unique. And that's, I think, something that if you can build a community and something that actually provides value to the people that are opening their wallet, like you said, that's when you're really going to achieve some success.
2: Totally agreed.
1: John, thank you so much. I really do appreciate your time. Uh, Before I go, if you just want to give maybe a a last final 15, 30 second pinch for why anybody out there who is considering becoming an entrepreneur, who has that dream in their mind, why they have to check out your book, The Common Path to Uncommon Success.
2: This book is a culmination of the 3,000 interviews I've done with the world's most successful entrepreneurs. It's a 17-step roadmap to financial freedom and fulfillment. So if you want Uncommon Success, if you want financial freedom and fulfillment in your life, check out The Common Path to Uncommon Success. Visit UncommonSuccessBook.com. Check it out. You will not regret it.
1: John Lee, Dumas, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate all the, uh, the kind words and the great advice. And keep up the great work. Keep on roaring. Adios, brother. Thanks, John. (laughs)
0: All right, gang, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with John Lee Dumas, someone I think we can all learn a lot from because he did it. He did it from scratch. And I'm going to get in, in before... But he's not a libertarian. Is that guy even a libertarian? I have no idea, actually, because this interview is not about politics and this show is not called Mark Interviews Only Libertarians. Um, This show is meant to help people find more ways to find liberty in their own lives. And that is certainly something that uh, John Lee Dumas has been doing and has been setting the example on. So I couldn't tell you a darn thing about John Lee Dumas' politics, but I can tell you he certainly lives free. He certainly has a fully liberty-filled life. He does is what he wants. He makes his own schedule. He lives the life that any of you really would want to live or many of you would want to live. And by the way, I don't think we talked about this in the interview. He also lives in Puerto Rico and doesn't pay U.S. income taxes. So no matter what his politics are, he's certainly living a lot more libertarian life than pretty much everyone listening right now, including myself. So I think he's someone we can certainly learn from. Uh, you know who else we can learn from? <laughs> I don't know what kind of transition that is, but I do need to tell you about our friends at Lorenzotti, Italy. These guys are sending you delicious Italian food find premium blends directly to your house in these fancy little tins at very affordable prices. Trust me, I have shopped around uh, for other brands of coffee. It's hard to find as good a deal for as high a quality of coffee as you get from our friends at Lorenzotti Italy. They have also been great supporters of the show, great supporters of this program. And if you enjoy this program and you enjoy coffee, why wouldn't you want to help a great sponsor, a great couple of guys over at Lorenzotti Italy? So head over to and And if that weren't enough, you can use the discount code LIONS to get 10% off your order at checkout. But as I was saying... I truly, truly, I have read John Lee Dumas's book, um, and I, I really do think that if anybody has that big idea, you have something that is, is driving you, something that's inside you that you feel like you have to get out into the world uh, that you really feel can help people, uh, there is no better place to start than by going through these steps in this book. Uh, just like he said, it doesn't mean you're going to get through all 17 steps and become a millionaire, uh, but you might get to step seven or eight or nine and realize this isn't for you or realize you have to take a different path. Uh, No matter what, if you have that idea, if you have that drive, this book is absolutely going to help you. And and I can say that as someone who has read it and has gotten a lot of value from it myself. So check out the book. I will, of course, link to that in the show notes. Uh, You can find those over at lionsofliberty.com. And of course, don't forget, it's not just me here every Monday doing amazing interviews like the one you heard today. You've also got Brian McWilliams coming at you every single Wednesday on Electric Liberty Land with his acerbic brand of oftentimes curse-filled humor. You might say, and his special, special attempt to bring you attempt. What can I what can I say? He does it. He brings you the Liberty News, the Liberty Takes, the Liberty Hot Takes that you need every single Wednesday on Electric Liberty Land, while John Odie Odermat rounds things up on Thursdays with Finding Freedom. No longer Felony Friday, no longer confined to just discussing the criminal justice system. Of course, that is still a major aspect of the show, but John has expanded his reach to really look at more stories about how people have found freedom in their own lives or helped other people do so. So, Finding Freedom, an absolute must-listen. It's all a must-listen here on Lions of Liberty, the greatest liberty variety show on Earth. All you gotta do, smack the heck out of that subscribe button. You get all these shows, all three of them, for the price of one that price is free oh what's that you say you want to give us money that's okay we allow that you can join the pride you can head over to patreon.com slash lions of liberty where you get all sorts of bonus content in addition to the free shows you get here on the feed you got brian mcwilliams hitting you five days a week with Good Morning Fuckhead. I'm just going to say it. That is his daily show that he's been doing over on Patreon. You also get bonus shows like Conspiracy Corner, our deep dives into various conspiracies, Degenerate Gamblers, where John, Rico, Odie look at gambling lines, but really just tell a whole bunch of fun, fun stories from our lives. And so, so much more, including a bunch of uh, interviews with guests that you'll get ahead of time, live streams of many of my interviews. Uh, This was not one of them, but the three previous interviews I did... Uh, with Shane Hazel, with Spike Cohen, with Matt Erickson. Those were all streamed live to our Patreon supporters. And I'd be remiss if I did not mention that I've got another Dave Smith debate coming up. These are always popular, and the Pride always gets to see them a week or two before anyone else. But this time, Dave is going to be debating, discussing, talking to. We'll decide exactly how we want to frame this thing. But it's going to be Dave Smith, who, of course, is pushing the Libertarian Party against though Bishop, who was on the show just a couple months ago. And of course, he is a big Republican supporter, uh, particularly a supporter of uh, Ron DeSantis and wanting to see a push for him in the GOP, whether it's uh, as, as, a, as a protest candidate or whether it is as uh, you know president of Florida, as he has put out there as well. So they're going to be debating uh, somewhat of that topic and just overall uh, the, what the strategy should be between the Libertarian Party and the Republican Party. So I'm really looking forward to that one. And uh, you can see it. You can hear it before anyone else. Else by joining the pride. So you get a whole lot. You get a whole lot of bang for your $5. Let me tell you that. And you can certainly pay more and get more because the tiers just get better and better as you go up. But you can find all about it over at patreon.com slash lions of liberty. It's a short show, guys, this week, shorter than normal. But guess what? That gives you more time to go check out all the great content on Patreon. How about that? Until next week, my friends. Live! live free.